Curtin Kate Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. God is always on the move. We decided to shine the spotlight on what he's up to, Youth for Christ in Polk County. Yes, and we're going to hear from Eric Holm. And, well, here's what he had to say. If you don't know, Youth for Christ reaches young people everywhere, you know, working together with the local church to you know, raise up lifelong followers of Jesus uh, who lead uh, by their godliness and lifestyle and um, their devotion to prayer and the Word of God and, and their passion for sharing the love of Jesus. And also, they are uh, very committed to social involvement as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on. This this is an organization, a ministry that has a very interesting and very meaningful history behind it. Eric, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Doing great. Great to be with you guys this morning. Awesomeness. Okay, so let's talk about the beginning of Youth for Christ. When was the ministry founded? Yeah, so 1944, we began meeting 11 to 19-year-olds, young people, and uh, as you mentioned, rich, rich history, um, leading youth rallies across the nation. At the time, our our very first full-time staff member for YFC USA a, a little-known evangelist, uh, Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So rich, rich history for sure. Yeah, wow. and that's, uh, I think Youth for Christ actually, uh, when I moved down here to Florida about four and a half years ago from Chicagoland, I think the first offices were in Wheaton. That's where we lived. Is that right? That is. That is correct. Absolutely. All right, so Billy Graham kicked things off, Youth for Christ. Don't you guys love those old uh, photos of Billy Graham when he was preaching? Yeah. You know, where he's kind of— Oh, it gets us fired up. Yeah, I know it does. (laughs) And even go on YouTube and see some of his messages from the 50s and stuff. That was something else. Yeah. He was a ball of fire, wasn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we we try to live that out today in uh, in carrying on that rich history for sure. How did you end up at uh, YFC? Well, actually started as a volunteer in late 98, early 1999. Um, I was really young, and I had graduated high school, and I was helping serve in a local church with a student ministry, and I was invited by another pastor, a pastor of another church, to come and lead a Bible study devotion at the Polk Halfway House in Bartow, Florida. It's a residential program, 24 beds for, for juvenile offenders between the ages of, at the time, about 14 to 18. So I was really only a few months older than the oldest kid that was in that program, but went in and got to help lead that Bible study and knew, and I just knew that this is where God wanted me to serve. What about your own walk with Jesus? As we serve, so it seems to me, as we have the opportunity to serve others in His name, and can I just say it's amazing that he invites us to be a part of his work in the world. I, I just I just can't get over that. My amazement and my gratitude that he does that. But but as we serve him, we get to know him better and we grow in our own faith. How has that happened for you? Yes. So, you know, one of the things that we, we really strive for, Christ-centered leaders, uh, to be faithful Bible teaching. Well, if we're going to be faithful Bible teachers, then we have to be in the Word ourselves. And with the population of kids that we work with in a variety of settings, a lot of the, the young people that we work with, in fact, the, the vast majority are not involved in the local church. So on one hand, it would be really easy to stay shallow in our faith and, and focus on 
what we would say is the ABCs of faith, right? Which is super important that, that, that we do that and that we share that with people who are not in the church and, and do not know the Lord. Uh, but on the other side of that, really growing in our own faith. So if we're going to be faithful Bible teachers, then we have to be in God's word. We need to be connected with the local church and other like-minded partners and people that are engaged in reaching young people so that they can know the hope of Jesus. So mm. I think that there's a, a demonstration. We have weekly groups with the, the young people that we see, and we, we have those opportunities to have Bible study. And in those groups, one of the things that I love, and I hear a lot of our volunteers and leaders say, I'm a part of a group too, just like you're here today and you're in this group. Well, I go to my group on Sunday morning, and then I have my, my Sunday night small group, and, and there are other people that help me grow in my faith as well. Mm, man. As you guys have these outreaches, uh, you meet the teens in, what, the juvenile detention centers and alternative schools and high-risk neighborhoods. Uh, you, you definitely have deployment there. Um, but, you know, introducing people to Jesus is so, obviously, that's the first step. That's number one. But the key is discipleship after that. How do you guys do this? Yeah, it's, you know, it's our vision and our, our hope that we would disciple young people into a local church. Uh, we, we want them to come to know Jesus and then be connected with, with a faith community within, within their, their neighborhoods, within their homes and their areas. So a lot of times we start with them at whatever age we, we have the opportunity to meet them, share the gospel with them, and we continue to pour into that. And, you know, our middle school groups, they are um, kind of that, that beginning entry level most of the time in, in talking about who Jesus is. And then we have high school groups that really focus on discipleship. What does it look like to live out your faith in your environment, in your community, in your home? And uh, we've really been able to see that happen in the lives of young people. I just got to talk to a young man named Brandon the other day. Uh, we met Brandon when he was about 12 years old. He'll be almost 30 now. Um, grew up in a very difficult home environment. But, you know, what was really amazing, came to a, a summer camp, came to know Christ, prayed to receive the Lord, and uh, went back praying for his entire family. And we watched as his aunt and uncle, who he lived with, came to know Christ, and his mom and dad came to know Christ. Brandon today serves in the United States Marines. I just got to talk with him. He's he's in another country right now, and uh, but he, he still checks in. So we've been able to see that discipleship happen uh, in the lives of kids, and they've been able to share their faith with others, and that's that's really exciting. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. Leave your comments and your thoughts. We appreciate your feedback. You can give us a review. Also, don't forget to uh, like us, follow us, subscribe as well. I just never get tired of hearing these God stories. Yeah. But there's one story, Eric, I want you to share with us, and it's the story of David Welch. Yeah, for sure. So David, um, David's a, a really amazing story. So we met David in 1992. So this, this predated my time uh, when Youth for Christ first got to know David. Uh, David was 15 years old and lived in a, in a difficult situation, in a difficult home environment. Um, his mother had passed away. He lived with his father. Um, and it, it was a, a long history, a long story behind that. 
but back in 1992, early in the morning hours one day, David uh, made a really, really terrible decision and faced with everything that was going on in his life, ended up taking the life of his father. Um, it, it was a, a big news story. Obviously, a 15-year-old uh, had taken the life of his father. And um, David was taken into custody and placed in the juvenile detention center. And it was in that facility, in the juvenile detention center, where a volunteer from Youth for Christ sat down to share that God loved David. In spite of what had happened, in spite of what had gone on in his life and the, the bad decision that he had made, God still loved him and had a plan and a purpose for his life. David came to know Christ. And, you know, often we talk about, we may hear people talk about jailhouse religion, uh, but David was changed that day. Uh, David learned about the hope of Christ and surrendered to him and began to, to grow. We talked about discipleship a few minutes ago, and, and David continued to get into God's word and learn and grow. Uh, David was sentenced to life in prison. And um, over the years, those those laws have changed a bit, and, and David had some opportunities to uh, go to a parole hearing. Numerous times was turned down for that, uh, but through prayer and just the, uh, the love of God, David was given the opportunity for parole. But one of the things that I think is really great, too, is that in all this time, David spent uh, 25 years in prison, and he, he justice was due. And we, we also want to make sure that we understand that there are still consequences for sin. We can receive forgiveness from the Father, but there are still consequences for sin. Mm. David recognizes that. Uh, but David was ultimately um, continued discipleship. Youth for Christ volunteers continued to, to connect with him all through his years in prison and reminding him of the love of Christ. Uh, David was a leader, and he, he taught in chapels. He continued his education. And uh, he was released from the prison several years ago, uh, kept on, on supervision in the community, and, but began to serve uh, at Youth for Christ, coming and sharing his story with the other young people, has sponsored kids for Christmas gifts and food at Thanksgiving. And, it, you know, guys, it's a difficult story, but he wants his story known and heard so that people can know about the redeeming power of God. He is wow. a trophy. We all are. But, mm -hmm. you know, David in particular, he is a trophy of God's grace. And God, and it's just a, a living, breathing, walking example of Romans eight twenty eight. You know, God can cause all things to work together for the good of those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. Absolutely. So it's the Bible come alive, isn't it, really, when you look at his story? Absolutely. Well, yeah. and that's what we've loved just seeing him continue to to live for for God. And he has he has been completely released from even all supervision, and he is um, just faithful and sharing the message of hope with other young people and saying that God still has a purpose and a plan. Wow. Eric, what is it like ministering to young people these days? I mean, some things never change. Other things right. do. What you know, in light of our cultural moment in particular. Yeah, you know, I think it becomes more and more difficult um, with the voice of culture and the society. Uh, we we want to stay faithful and steady in saying that God loves you. He has a purpose and a plan, and He's given us the direction 
in his word on how to live our lives. And we want to base our decisions and our choices off of that. We can meet young people everywhere, whether it's in a community, in school, or in a juvenile justice facility, and talk through them about the things that they face and point to Scripture. That's what I love about God's word is that whether they're dealing with anger, they're dealing with, with abandonment, they're dealing with loss, they're dealing with grief, we can go to God's word, and he's given us direction in those things. So that's our, our, our purpose. That's what we do. In our logo, you see three rings, and they, they stand for God's story, my story, and your story. So one of the things in today's society and culture, we, we do a lot of listening. Young people don't have people that stop and listen to them quite often. So we listen. We hear their story. We want to know what's going on. And most of the time, they're ready to share. And as we hear their story, we can begin to share our story, all with the, the focus and purpose of sharing God's story, the, the story that will make a difference in their lives. So we, we just work to listen and hear what's going on and share with them. But I, I, do, I do say that it, there are, are difficult days um, in, in working in this ministry. And I've told people I've done weddings and I've done funerals. And um, so we just keep loving, loving kids and pointing them to Jesus the best we can. Amen. How can we help you do what you're doing? Of course, I, I know that you'll probably say at the top of the list is something that is always most important, and that is prayer. But what are some of the other things we can do, too? Yeah, for sure. Prayer is, is going to be the, the most important thing. And, you know, but the other thing is get involved, whether it's here at Youth for Christ of Polk County uh, or it's a Youth for Christ in your local area. Uh, there's other great organizations that are serving people. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned in my faith journey is that, you know, the beauty of the family of God, we're all called to different parts and different ministry and different things. We're all called to share the love of God with others, right? But, but we do that in different ways. And so, listen, if it's working with young people and coming and serving with Youth for Christ, call us. We, we, we need people that will come and sit and talk to, to kids in the detention center. We need people that will come drive vans, bring kids to a, a Tuesday morning or a Thursday morning breakfast club. We need folks that will come and cook breakfast. We need folks that maybe maybe coming is not something you can do, but you want to, on our website, we have a, a wish list. Maybe you want to provide some rec resources, some a new basketball, a Frisbee, um, listen, plates and cups. We got to serve those pancakes on something, right? So <laughs> there, there are true. ways to be involved, whether it's giving, whether it's giving financially, giving of resources, our time, and as you mentioned, prayer. So visit our website. Um, if, like I said, if it's not Youth for Christ, get involved in in God's work somewhere and what God is calling you to do. So we may have folks in your area in Polk County that are like, man, I'm on this like a red on a Cheeto. I have been praying about the opportunity to arise. God, please guide me. I want to serve. This is hitting them this morning in their sweet spot. So if you go to Curtain Cape Mornings sure. on the Facebook page, we've got the link to the uh, Youth for Christ uh, Polk County. But if we, we have such a wide listening area, uh, Youth for Christ, what's the national website to plug into uh, Youth for Christ Ministry, maybe in some of the other places? Yeah, we keep it really simple. I heard we, you guys talking about that earlier. YFC.net. Uh, they can simply go to YFC.net. And if you're not sure where your local Youth for Christ chapter is, we, we've got a, a link on the page. You can put in your city, and it'll take you there. It'll show you who's the closest, and uh, give us a call. But uh, come visit. <laughs> 
and see. And that's one of the things that I would say. You don't have to – your phone call or your email is not con, con, um, setting you up as a, a regular volunteer, but it's saying, I'm interested. And I'd say, come and see. Come along. Come hang out. And uh, we want to get you plugged in. Sounds great. Amen. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time this morning to be with us and share these stories and share your heart. And may the Lord be with you, continue to be with you in the future as he has obviously been with you in the past. Have a great day, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. You too. Thanks for listening to Curtin Cape Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.